So yeah, no uh, My Hero this week, so we'll just uh, do One Piece and uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Nuts, which I've got. Uh! And uh, those, yeah. those were the, the dragon nuts. Dragon those nuts, were the bro. dragon nuts. I mean, in this new episode, somebody got a new pair of nuts, so you know it works out. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Anime Casuals. I am Lucky. And I'm Michael. I'm Johnny. And we make up Anime Casuals. Welcome back to the Weekend Talk. We're all here this time, and we're going to be talking about our big two. That's right, you heard me right. It's not a big three today, because My Hero Academia it did not come out. It, uh, it, uh, yeah, they, uh, they announced it's going to be coming back out uh, this week for some strange reason. Maybe the... Maybe... Maybe, uh, you know, hell is frozen over. I don't know. I just don't get it, man. I just don't know why we can't have nice things. But, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, two anime in particular today. One Piece and Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. We'll be uh, talking about Season 2, Episode 1 of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid and Episode 981 of One Piece. So why don't we start off with One Piece because we have a lot to talk about with Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Um, So we got One Piece Episode 981. I mean... I'm starting to feel like we're getting in the right direction here. I feel I'm starting to feel like we're we're getting pushed in that direction. We're not on the fucking land anymore. We're starting to go towards Oni uh, Onigashima or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, so yeah, what did you guys get from that uh, that episode? It was so fun, dude. I mean, half of it was a flashback, but it was really fun. <laughs> I like that they're all like they're so excited to see Jinbei again, and they're all they're all really happy. Even though some of them have more of an excuse to be happy that Jimmy's there than others, but it's really fun to, to see the entire crew back together and to have like everybody's little one-off of moves. I just I really enjoyed that, and I think Johnny and I were talking about during the episode going, ah, now it's starting to find its groove again and starting back to, you know, those big battles that One Piece is known for, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. I just hope it doesn't take 100 episodes as we're now still waiting for this war to actually start. I'm getting antsy. I mean, definitely it was cool to see Jimbei come back, but I, I think the episode ended with that same speech he told in the beginning. And so I don't, it, we just got a double dose of that same speech for no reason. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just, I, I would like to get going, but that's one piece. So I understand it. Obviously the people watching, you know, not just drop it out of nowhere, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Well, how crazy would that be if all three of us stopped watching One Piece right yeah, you know, now? I watched till uh, episode nine hundred and eighty nine, and I just, I just dropped it. It was I too much. It like yeah. Just... I, you know, I could watch nine hundred ninety nine episodes, but a thousand episodes? Nah, that's crazy. I can't do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I definitely like it to uh, pick up more than it has been. What did you guys really think of the? Uh, what did you think of uh, Jimbei actually steering the ship this time? I, I'm a big fan of it. I still think it's insane. Like before, when he was steering the ship, he was actually in the. He was steering it and doing insane things with the water. This time, he was just steering, like literally, just going left and right and doing like crazy moves that a cannon can follow. And I'm like, whoa, whatever. It's the it's a stormtrooper paradox, like from Star Wars, that stormtroopers can't aim. Lizzie Lizzie to people. the left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, like Nami was like, I've never seen, I think it was Nami said, I've never seen a ship navigated like this. I'm like, okay, he's not really doing that much. And Telly shot the anchor in like, 
the that was post, fucking wild, I was like, dude. Okay. I was like, dude. I, have they always had that anchor, by the way? The fucking lion's paw? Like, whatever the yeah. fuck that shit? Yeah, yeah. I, they, I never it. seen that shit before, dude. I don't even remember. It looked like a fucking giant razor. You know what I mean? That's so, cool. uh, yeah, when I fucking... <laughs> When I saw that shit, I was like, damn, have they always had a fucking anchor like that, dude? And they're not even using it as an anchor. They're just using it as a fucking, a fucking uh, catapult or like a grappling hook shit. But, uh, yeah, man, I I really I really like this episode. The one thing I, did, I didn't get was why we were getting fucking plaques for everybody's moves again. It's like most of these, <laughs> mo- most of these moves we've seen before, well, I've got it, one or two of them was, were kind of new. But I, I don't even think they were new. I think it was just like Sanji with his spinning back kick just saying a word. It's like... That's not. That's just a kick, bro. That's not a fucking move. Whereas he's like, he's like flashet, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Whereas Zoro did a full on fucking hawk wave, and I was like, damn, that's what's up. Yeah. I think he was the best one. Whereas fucking, you know, Robin's over here just stomping people with her fucking attractive hey, hey, giant. A little bit beat. bigger. They're you know, yeah, bigger. they're a little bit bigger than they were before when they're fighting the the ten thousand fishmen soldiers or whatever. But yeah. I don't know, man. I. I can't wait to get into the nitty-gritty of it. Also, we got to see uh, Kidimon look like a fucking idiot again because he doesn't plan anything out. And <laughs> fucking, uh, you know, Law have to save his ass by giving him a real plan, you know, instead of just going... <laughs> going th- yeah. I just like how Denjiro's like, all right, don't... Hey, listen, no more Kanjiro here. You can tell me what the real plan is. And he's just like, Nani? <laughs> <laughs> Nani? Oh, oh my uh, God. Lucky, did you like how they showed off Luffy now not using hockey to beat up people. Yeah, I dude. I I kind of yeah. dude. I was I was afraid he was gonna go like fourth gear. I was like, why are you doing that already? Why are you doing this? Sh-? I I thought it was a little much on the ship. I thought he shouldn't have done fourth gear on the ship, mainly because uh, a fucking samurai came in and sh- fucking cut a fucking ship in half. You know, and I was like, why? You know, Denjiro just came in and cut the ship in half with his shit. And I was like, why can't you just use like your a little bit of real if you need to? Like why? Why do you need the fourth gear just for this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I felt like it was just kind of show some cool animation. But we got to remember consistency, people. Like, you got to remember, like, the power scaling. I, power scaling is one of my biggest pet peeves when people don't remember it. And, you know, when I, when I see that in, like, shonen anime especially, it's just, it pisses me off. I think the only anime that gets away with it is, like, Black Clover because Asta's, like, literally the opposite of everybody. He's just anti-magic and everybody uses magic, you know? So it's like, it's like, hey, he's a counter for it. Okay, I get it. They, they literally wrote themselves a fucking Mary Sue into that, <laughs> and it, like, it works out really well. But anyway, um, besides that, I mean, I think we've got... Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely angling up for a pretty big thing. You know, obviously, Law... I'm sorry, uh, Eustace and... Uh, or a kid and uh, Luffy are going to be running through straight through the front door uh, as planned. I mean, I didn't think it was going to go any differently either. And, uh, yeah, everybody's going to try and get behind and uh, fuck them in the ass, bro. We're going to try and do that shit, man. So, don't know how smoothly that's going to go either way. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I think we're going in the right direction. And I can't wait. By the way, I, I didn't I didn't get to talk to you guys about Jinbei coming in uh, last week. So, uh, one of the things that I, I was telling people in the podcast last week was, like, Jinbei, I feel like, is the first person to join this crew where you're, like, Oh, that's a big amount of battle strength, you know, because Zo- even though Zoro and Sanji joined it, they joined it very early, so you didn't know how powerful they were or could be, right? But when Jinbei joined, it was like, oh, they got a lot of battle because I would, I'd probably rate them right above Sanji, near Zoro, and maybe near Luffy, but uh, like I can't, I- I'd say like now it's like Sanji, Jinbei, Zoro, and Luffy. If I had to like make an assumption, I mean, on he was it, a but... warlord too. So yeah, I mean, like that's that's a lot of strength. Besides the 
the Luffy battalion that he has waiting somewhere in the seas for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that is a lot of strength he's pulling. And that's a it was made apparent by like his his re-intro back to the crew of him like slicing up the ship and using water as a weapon. I mean, like I'm really excited that he's back. And now they they flushed out like a lot of the potential area or jobs on a ship that you would have yeah like luffy's the captain and doesn't do anything but fight we have nami the navigator we've got a helmsman we got a uh what do they call them wait we got the repair man for yeah. the boat we've got uh usap who's the sniper uh scout and apparently gardener for the ship we've got a cook we, uh i don't know where zoro particularly fits in but he's the second in command and the that's Greeks? like and he drinks. And you got two you got two people on the ship who are basically there for leadership and strength. And everybody else is, is just helping. Like Robin is more of a negotiator and like a voice of reason. I mean, everybody's and Chopper's the pet. So they've got they've got areas. Pet for doctor, everybody. pet doctor, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pet doctor. Raccoon dog. Yeah. <laughs> They've got literally a space for all of them, and I, I really like it. Now that Jinbei's back and he can steer the ship. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... I don't know, I'm weirdly conflicted about Jinbei joining because I, exactly like the, what you were saying, um, he's such a big player. I'm almost like, I, I don't know where he fits in. I mean, it's great that he can drive, but I'm like, they don't really need him to all the time i don't know i mean it seems like the ship kind of takes care of itself but i don't know i mean either way i mean jimbe's cool um i'm excited to see what he does and what kind of difference he actually plays so i don't know man when he when he was uh when he was with the straw hats back in uh uh i was gonna say cake land a uh, whole cake island and shit um when he fucking knocked off big mom off the ship i was like yo Holy shit. Like, dude, that was wild. To put it blatantly, he's somebody who half the crew, also, Brooke's a musician, I forgot to mention it, uh, but he's he's somebody who's half the crew is weak to, and a lot of crews out there are weak to. Yeah, and, that's true. like, maybe that's the thing, is that he's super powerful because he doesn't have a devil fruit, and he's a fish man, and he can control the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> and he still he, needs to be at the ocean. I mean, but they're on a ship all the time, right? So it's like, it's like yeah, you're probably always most gonna, of the time. Yeah, most of the time. time. But uh, you know, that's the thing. Like when, uh, you know, when, and also, it seems like he, he's one of the best fishmen in terms of like fishman karate. Because every other fishman I see use fishman karate. You literally just use karate. Like they just call it fishman karate, yeah. but they're just using karate, right? So when he uses fishman karate, he's doing like judo. He's doing judo to the water and shit, and throwing it like a judo throw. He's fucking punching like the water. I don't see a whole lot of fishermen doing that shit. And mm -hmm. he's like literally going in the water. He's like, oh, I'm going to fucking use the sea, bitch. Bam. <laughs> and he just starts doing that shit. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see Jimbei. I'm so glad we got like all the straw hats here. Um, you know, we'll I see. Wanna see uh, him, I want to see him use the, uh, the Sunny as like Moana style. Where he just jumps on the side of the boat and just like <laughs> damn starts singing and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, make dude! Way, he make way. Oh my god, dude! Holy shit, dude! He could totally be Maui. I was just thinking about that. That is wild. 
Dude, can you imagine Jimmy with a giant fish? Okay, before we go into fan fiction, uh, why don't we go over to uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon the Maid. So I want to talk a little bit about Season 1 uh, first, just to get us into Season 2. Uh, I, For people that don't know, I had to binge this series because we decided last week that this would be our number 3 anime um, since Zombieland Saga is out now. Uh, and, I, yeah, it was a really fun anime. I had a lot of fun watching it. I'll be real with you. It was a little, like, taxing because I've also had to do all these freaking podcasts the last few days. So it's really... I've been like, when do I watch this? When do I watch this? But when I actually did watch it, I was like, you know what? This is very interesting. So I just have to ask you from last season. I, 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 I've, this is a burning question I've had. Who do you think are the best, like, in your opinions? Uh, who, who's your favorite dragon human, like, couple ship? Not, not like, like the you know, sexual couple. Yeah, pair off. Rema- yeah, pair off. Hmm. Shawnee, you got one off the top of your head yet? It's only been like five seconds. Hold on. You know, I, I really could just go to the obvious one, but I'm really trying to take my time and think about it because they all have interesting dynamics. Um, no, it's probably the Quetzalcoatl and the little kid. Uh, the little kid <laughs> is a, he's my hero. Um, yep. I aspire to be uh, him, you know, just I aspire to that, to summon a demon that uh, tortures me. <laughs> yeah. Air oh Force. my god, I hate it. I hate it so much. No, no. Uh, so yeah, that's probably my favorite. Johnny gets strangled by giant breasts and he dies in his sleep. <laughs> um I I have a close like the relationship between Kobayashi, Toru, and Kana. I just love because it's a family dynamic. It's so adorable. But the one that catches me by surprise most often is, um, oh no, I forgot his name. Fafnir. Fafnir and the guy he's staying with. Because it's, it's, it makes me laugh. I think at some point they said that Fafnir is pretty close to Toru in strength. Mm. And he's more of the, he's like more of the spectator class of dragons because there's, there's three types of dragons in this world. There's chaos, there's harmony, and there's spectators. Spectators being the clan that doesn't do anything. And I don't know if Fafnir is officially part of that, but he's like, he's a typical dragon who hoards his wealth that doesn't help anybody. And he's cursed. If you've ever seen Fate, it's the same dragon. Um, and what, what makes me laugh most often is that the roommate, Kobayashi's friend, is basically in charge of whether that guy freaks out and kills everybody or... Or is calm and and is just enjoying his time with humans. And it makes me laugh that two very weeb otaku people can connect and enjoy life together in their small little apartment. And I really, it brings a lot of, about this anime brings a lot of warmth to my heart. But that one really like strikes home beyond all the cute, adorable moments that you see from Kana. Is like every time you see the two of them together, not often, you see them vibing and having a good time and just generally you know having a human experience lucky what's yours okay so mine i have to agree with you michael i really actually really like fafnir and takia i it, it threw me off a little bit just because in terms of um you know fafnir he's probably the most intense out of all the dragons in terms of his hate for humans but when he when he gave that little speech about like oh you know most humans are hit or miss and then um, you know, Taki ends up coming out of like the this thing, and uh, he just straight up says, "You're a hit," and then he just like walks off. He's like, 
Oh, and then because he's trying to call him Fafkun, right? Like the whole time, yeah. and then like he finally lets him do it. I was like, dude, that's really. I don't know. There's something. By the way, I, I just I did I, I was just thinking about this today. Why is it that anime can make better gay couples than Western media? Because Western <laughs> media sucks at it, man. They give them all. It's so weird because it feels so like in in. I mean. You know, granted, it's not like completely official yet. Also, we have some things to talk about in episode one that may change that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was watching this and I was like, I would be totally fine if Fafnir and Taki got together. I would be like, I'd be totally fine. And they didn't even talk about it, right? It was almost like it was almost like they let things go organically instead of forcing these people together because so now they can be gay. But I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Anime still. Dude, they're like the they're so much better. Actually, I did a podcast the other day where I was talking about uh dude, comic book sales are down and manga sales are up. Apparently, uh in January, the the Demon Slayer manga sold over 100 million copies and comic books combined only sold 15 million. Woo. Right, so that means dragon. Uh, that's Dragon Slayer. Demon Slayer by itself. <laughs> dragon Slayer. Whoops. Uh, Demon Slayer by itself sold more copies than every fucking other comic book. Not uh, not including manga, but you know, I was like, damn, that's fucking wild. Anyway, going back to Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, I, I was just like, the, the the relationships in here work really well, except for okay, I I gotta call out this one just real quick. Um. Is uh, Kana and that other little girl, dude? I'm getting so tired of uh, Rico or Saikawa. Uh, hey, you I, just said they make great same sex. Couples. Yeah, when they're of age, it's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this, bro? Like, this girl's literally like fucking like creaming herself every single time, and they're in like third grade, dude. Like, damn, I've never seen somebody go this hard. I can understand if it was like, oh, she's so cute, she's so cute, but this girl's like, she's touching me, she's fucking sitting on me, she's doing this. It's like, bro, calm down. But besides that, I mean, I I really uh, liked all those people. <laughs> I do agree with you a little bit on the uh, on the Quetzalcoatl and uh, <laughs> little Shoto. Uh, that shit is kind of fucking hilarious. I was always calling her a demon and shit. Um, <laughs> She's yeah. a succubus. She's trying to take <laughs> Yeah. You know what's weird about this series was in season one was the fact that, like, it was weird because uh, the pacing was actually very consistent despite all the crazy shit that was happening. You know, before it ever got too heavy, it pulled it back. You know, I think probably the heaviest episode was probably, like, episode 13, which was the last episode where they meet the Toru's father, right? Like, that was probably the most serious, but they <laughs> they immediately kind of brought it back. And I was like... You know, because sometimes anime that are supposed to be not so serious end up getting really serious for, like, no reason, and they never get back, and it makes you feel uncomfortable, but this series did a really good job with that. I mean, in addition to that, their pacing, as you already said, their pacing with relationships is great, but they don't put a whole unnecessary, beyond the the two kids, uh, a whole unnecessary amount of focus on the relationship or, like, the more romantic side, the more physical side. Because it's all about the way they interpret each other and the way that they are towards each other, not the way they interact, really. Is, like, Kobayashi will do something nice out of the way, not necessary for Kana. And Kana will be like, oh, I understand. Like, I like the, this little keychain I bought is a little too expensive to on top of the books and everything else you're buying me. So I'll just go put it back. And it's a nice gesture. She doesn't talk about the Kobayashi, and Kobayashi notices that, oh, she wants the keychain. So I'll buy it for her. And there's like all these little moments of tenderness and adore, uh, like 
real moments between people, even though they're dragons, they're really showing their human sides. And I love it. Now, they also treat fan service as a moment of humor. I know Johnny loves it, but they don't ever have this little boy just groping those boobies. Kind of. Like, oh, it's a, it's oh. a dream, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One dream, but, you know. <laughs> well, well, yeah, where he's being smushed by marshmallows. Yeah. He's like, these are fun. But who wouldn't love giant marshmallows? Uh, <laughs> who wouldn't love those titties either, man? I'm just saying. You know? <laughs> and like every moment, even with the little girl, like liking anytime she does something fun with Kana, yeah. is that it's not really overly sexualized at all. It's it's a moment where she's she loves it in a different way, but it's also appeared as like she likes being friends with Kana. Like yeah, but you know her. that's gonna tr- when she hits puberty, that's just gonna translate real quick, dude. She's yep. gonna she's gonna go crazy in a different way. But uh, and then realize she likes a dragon. Yo, yeah. you like a dragon, girl. <laughs> also, I gotta say, man, Kana is the cutest character I think I've ever seen in an anime. I, I I'm gonna say that right now. She is the cutest fucking character I think I've ever seen in an anime. Even her dragon form is so cute, dude. Like yeah. it, it, you know, it doesn't even look like it's not even scales. It's like feathers that she has, dude. Yeah. And I was like, uh, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah, dude. Oh my god, man. Dude, and uh, don't you just love her monotone that she never has an actual emotional inflection to her voice? It just adds to her. <laughs> oh my god, dude. And when they, dude, when they did that play that was supposed to be out with the little match girl, but then they turned into a magical girl, and then Forty Seven Ronin turned in. Yeah, this this series is like really good at being all over the place and yet still being in the same spot, you know. And I think that's what kind of makes it special. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I I'm glad I binge watched it in two days so that we can talk about season two, episode one here. And you know. There was a there's a good it's a good amount of stuff that uh, well obviously we had to kind of get back into like the setting of everything but what did you guys take from that episode so far? There was a lot. I think I mentioned to Johnny what like after the whole Lulu thing, like I mentioned this is still episode one. Like just that little part felt like a full episode. I was enjoying it. Uh, it does feel like there's a lot in that episode. I mean, from Toru going to get a job, working there, subsequently quitting that job, and then um, having that whole fight with that um, top-heavy lolly. I, I, I gotta be honest, I'm not a fan of her character design, but you know what? I'm holding my judgment to see what's under the cloak. I know that's like what's going to change, but I'm, I don't know. I'm holding it. Maybe you'll see your dragon Yeah, that looks a little absurd. (laughs) Like she shouldn't be standing upright. I don't don't know. She should like need some kind of stool or like a cane for her boobs. I don't know. What? Like, like like records of Ragnarok where you have two, two dudes just holding up. (laughs) Now she only need one because I'll be the other. I'm glad they have said before in the first season, that their human forms are representative of their dragon forms. Like the reason Toru looks like she does in, in as a human is because she is like one of the most beautiful, uh, beautiful dragons that exist. Same with Quetzalcoatl. Uh, and they all have their kind of moments like that. But I'm like, okay, girl, like Lulu, your little top heavy lolly. What do you look like? What's your dragon form? Because are you exceptionally like, are you like sort of beautiful? That's why you've got kind of a lolly body with giant boobs, or like what's going on? There? I mean, if, uh, was it Lukoa? Quetzalcoatl is any indication she could be an enormous dragon. 
as we see in that opener when she's just flying in the background and she's like Shenron as Goku just runs on the back. <laughs> she's the thickest Shenron. <laughs> but uh, I will say, again, they have achieved success with this episode. They have balanced the seriousness, balanced the humor, and balanced the, the character development. You had Toru, who's getting bored, basically being a maid at home, and basically goes and helps at a restaurant and then stays there because all of them are like, please stay. She's like, well, I don't really want to be here. I'm not really learning anything as a maid or doing something for Kobayashi. But they're all like, please, like, we need you now. And she's like, okay, I guess. There is like all these lovely moments where Kobayashi realizes that she can help each other. Um, Oh, I got to look up uh, her name real quick. Do you know the name for the blue dragon, the blue harmony dragon? Uh, Elma, I think is what it's Elma, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Elma's convinced by food to just put up a barrier and protect the city. There's so many beautiful. I know we have that moment at the end with Fafnir and, uh, oh, you just said his name. Uh, Takia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where <laughs> he gets temporarily banned from his MMO and he's like, he gets mad and starts running away. He's like, I've got a donkey. He starts running. He's like, oh my God, I gotta go help him for the sake of humanity. <laughs> See, I didn't know if that was like the real world is gonna end or like the online world is gonna end. <laughs> I didn't know if they were just being dramatic about the game. But yeah. Yeah, generally it's it was everything I wanted it in one episode. Everything I love about Kobayashi in one episode. Yeah, and the uh, the opener and the closer weren't too bad either. I mean, I, I don't think they're as memorable as, like, the first season, but, I mean, they're definitely, yeah, they're not, like, super, there's not a super downgrade or anything, if anything. It's just, uh, I think I think as we watch it more, maybe it'll get stuck in my head, but, uh, yeah, yeah, there was uh, there was a good amount. I mean, you know, I, I feel like, see, it's one of those, it, it's the same thing that we're talking about pacing, right, where it gets serious, but then fucking Miss Kobe, or, uh, you know, Kobayashi just goes straight up to Elma and is like, I'll give you all the sweets that you want. And then it goes funny again. And then Toru just ends this bitch in one hit. And yeah. just fucking. And then, you know, it goes back to the mood again. So, yeah, I really appreciate that about the series is that, you know, I don't have to be like, when is this going to end? And when are we going to get back to this? You know, it's just, it's like, oh, don't worry. We're going to get, she's going to get the blown the fuck up and we're going back to it. Also, I really like the, uh, <laughs> when they're at the maid cafe and like they actually had real curses and shit. And, uh, she just taught all these humans how to do a real fucking curse, and uh, yeah, man, I uh, I really enjoyed that part. I, I always like to see maid cafes in anime because they don't look like that in real life, you know. Um, I don't know how to say this without getting canceled, so I'm not going to. But uh, you know, <laughs> um, let's just say that dentists don't go to those maid cafes all that often. But anyway, um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, they don't make a freaking visits uh, over there. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in anime form they do and they, they do it very well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really like the, the, like the, those little, mo- those little moments when, um, Kobayashi can kind of prove herself in that because obviously she's in a fucking weird situation, right? She's dealing with dragons that can blow up their her fucking entire universe, and she's trying to keep them in line, but also trying to you know keep some sense of normalcy in her life, you know. So you know when I was watching this, I was like, they, they I feel like that's probably the thing that they do the most, like do well the most, is making 
Kobayashi sick to who she is. Kind of, until the very end of this episode, when we figure out that she is going to be a he, I don't know how long, but uh, yeah, she got them nuts now, and uh, what do we think about this, guys? What do we think are about those nuts? Are you confirming that, or are you just speculating? No, I mean, she definitely does. Absolutely. She definitely she definitely does, because, uh, well, okay, it's kind of speculation, but there are a, hi- a lot of hints that fucking led us there, right? The fact There's that- plenty of implications. I'm just wondering if there was like a confirmation. Also, okay. also the next episode is called uh, Miss Kobayashi, Most Beautiful Man, or something like that, is the next episode's name. So, uh, yeah, I'm assuming that she got the... Also, she looked down and was like, what the fuck? I mean, not how many, how many times a day do you go down to go take a shit and you look down at your junk and you're like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> I mean, not often. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially as a girl, especially as a girl, man, like you can't even see it from that angle. So it's like, you know, to see something, you're just like, okay, this is new. Do you, yeah. okay. How, how permanent do we think this is going to be? And do they have to rename this to Mr. Kobayashi's Dragon Maid? Uh, I think it actually calls back to something I want to talk about is Lulu. You can see that she just wants to understand their relationship. So I think it's going to be until she understands what it is. That I don't, it's I don't not, think they understand their relationship sometimes. Well, so. <laughs> the, the fact that it's not entirely, it's like from, Oh, it's not the flasher. It's not sexual. Yeah, It's not, yeah. it's not sexual. It's, it's the, it's, be learning what it is to bond with somebody and partner with them. Kind of like us here at Anime Casual. Uh, um, and the the way that Kobayashi, Khan, and also like Lulu has to see the Kana aspect, the way all three of them work together and how Ketsuquado and Fafnir are kind of like the weird aunt and uncle who like just offer advice. Don't accept it from Fafnir. Um, and... That's what I think it's going to end. I think the next episode is going to be about the relationship between all of them and how uh, Lilu is going to kind of just observe it and understand what it is that they are. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I never really thought it was going to be permanent, but I just thought I just thought it would be really funny if they had to rename that shit Mr. Kobayashi's <laughs> Dragon Maid. Um, but, uh, I mean, also, I mean, I think that's the, the, the charm behind Miss Kobayashi is that the fact that she has a lot of masculine features to her but she still has some feminine ones as well. You know, whenever she, she you know, looks at life in a certain way or she, you know, back in the first season when she's uh, considering going to Kana's sports festival thing, she's like, you know what, maybe I can do this. You know, maybe I should do this. But, uh, you know, dealing with those 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 D for dragons, bro, those fucking double Ds for dragons, bro, is fucking ridiculous. All these dragons are fucking stacked, man. Dude, you know what I was just thinking? How big is Fafnir's cock, bro? He's got to have, like, a huge... <laughs> Hog, bro. He's got yeah, but like, how's dude. it look? Oh, that's true, dude. Yeah, you know what? They showed a little bit of him in the intro, and I was like, it doesn't look much better than it did the first season. You know, how he looked like an ogre before, and now yeah. it's like he kind of looks like he has like a bunch of tails, dude. It looks like he has a bunch of fucking tails. I'm like, he still looks kind of weird, man. But uh, he's a cursed dragon, dude. Low key, he kind of reminds me of. Okay, this isn't a fair comparison, but he reminds me a little bit of Bluebeard from Fate uh, Zero. Like, in the sense that he's just, he seems like he has this dark secret to him that I really would like to see a little bit more of him, like, saving his owner, or not owner, sorry, uh, fucking Takia. Um, I'd like to see him, like, save him at one point, because I feel like that would be a really cool thing to see, is, like, you know, they, they're there for each other. Also, the fact that Takia just let this guy live with them with, like, no strings attached. Like, he's, he's barely, a, he's kind of a maid, right? He does help with the laundry, he helps with do certain things, but... For the most part, he's just eating up that fucking electricity, if anything. Like, you know, he's just always on. But, uh, 
Yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, how do we like Elulu as a, a a new character? Do we do you guys like her as like a, like as a new addition to the roster? Because obviously she's going to be like a it seems like a pretty permanent addition to this. But do you guys do you guys think she stacks up? Oh, okay, she stacks up to the other dragons, but for sure. Uh, stacks <laughs> up, way, yeah, I get it. I get out of here, there. Uh, But do you think she she's a good addition to this? Because we already have technically a lowly. Well, okay, I won't call her a lowly, but a young girl like Kana. We already have a girl with big tits. I think know. she's gonna bring in the factor of an adult who acts like a kid. Mm, That's okay. like where she's gonna be placed. I still think she. From the way she looks, she looks more teenage-like, obviously, in certain aspects, but more like Kana acts like a third grader. She does yeah. not. She acts like someone who's trying to figure out the adult world, but still hasn't concluded what she thinks. So I think she's going to play that role of kind of the mischievous person who's going to play in between being a kid and an adult. So I think she's going to add another... Another fun dynamic to it. Uh, I mean, I agree. Not in the same words or reasons, but um, I think it's going to be interesting to see someone, because they were saying she's almost as powerful as Toru. Um, just to it see did, it didn't seem like her. it. I'll be real with no, you. No, it, it didn't definitely seem didn't like at that last blast. <laughs> I was like, oh, that wasn't a fight at all. That was just stalling, but whatever. Uh, but I mean, just to see someone, at least personality-wise, may challenge Toru. Um, because Toru is very what's the word I want she's got a big personality so it kind of outshines others I mean not necessarily in a bad way they all have their own quirks and stuff but I think just like her shirt she has a big personality so I think it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic D for dragon. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's so, totally what it stands for. That's so fucking <laughs> what, so what is what is Quetzalcoatl then? Like I for I don't know. Or oh maybe F for former goddess. <laughs> F for former goddess or G for goddess. Who knows? I, um, I don't know. Dude, that's a funny they'll get into that I think one day. <laughs> <laughs> Quetzalcoatl has a very funny like backstory yeah. to the actual goddess or god. Oh man. Yeah, I think that's the other thing I like about it is all these dragons have like actual or- origins and shit. But uh yeah, I'm really enjoying uh Miss Kobayashi's Dragons Maiden. Now I finally caught up after I mean when did this come out? Like twenty sixteen, maybe? Twenty fifteen. Forever ago lucky. Twenty <laughs> 12 2011 i don't know uh 2020 2020 okay exactly that's exactly when it came out but yeah i mean i'm really enjoying it so far i'm really liking the animation and everything and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it but as always guys don't forget you can check out all things casual in the link tree in the description box down below also if you'd like to email us you can email us at anime casuals with an s real r-e-a-l at gmail.com but as always guys don't forget to keep it casual casual